Hello and welcome to Story on the Spot. It is our Christmas episode. Woo! Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, Merry Christmas. I'll be right back to introduce everyone after our introduction. Okay, everyone, Merry Christmas and welcome to episode 34 of Story on the Spot. Let me go around and introduce everybody. Uh, over here, Mr. Humbug Hart, that is Craig A. Hart. Down there, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, is R.A. McGee. And down here is what? <laughs> what? Is Nick Thacker. <laughs> I... I'm amazed that you did not go with St. Nick for your name or anything like that. You know, the nah, most obvious, the obvious approach. No, it's that's too, too obvious. It's too liberal for, for Nick. Nick was yeah. looking for a, a better class of pun. Lisa Badger mm -hmm. says Merry Christmas, boys. Badger. Okay. So this is Story on the Spot, and this is our Christmas episode. This is our very first themed episode. And Story on the Spot is the world's first and only Christmas fiction improv game show. Today, it's the only Christmas fiction improv game show because we don't do Christmas fiction every week. And uh, a word to the contestants, you don't have to make all of you. All the prompts are Christmas themed, but your stories don't have to be Christmassy. You can take them wherever you want. Uh, do, do, do. Okay. Last week's winner was Mr. Razzle Dazzle McGee. Woo! What? Yeah. <laughs> that was my week. <laughs> that was the one, man. You didn't quite bloviate enough, my brother. You were getting mm -hmm. more, though. You need more bloviation. And, uh, oh, uh, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead and I was complain. Say, don't, let the, don't let your head get too bloviated. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna happen. This cat barely fits, bro. My head's. So bloviated, it's painful already, dude. If you are listening to the podcast, today would be a great day to actually go watch it on video because everybody's dressed up except for Nick. Hmm. Except for what? I don't I don't own anything to dress up in. That's the problem. <laughs> Probably not of not a lot of cause for wearing big uh, Christmas uh, Santa Claus robes in Hawaii. Nick Thacker, you're letting the Xmas side down. Lisa's already taking you to task, Nick. <laughs> If you're Sorry, if you're watching, Lisa, I don't celebrate Xmas. <laughs> if you're watching from home, what you're gonna do is I'm gonna put up some prompts, and these guys are gonna pitch stories. You're gonna watch each pitch, and then vote for your favorite one, and tune in next week to see the winner. And today we do have a bonus word, and that is tidings, which is news. For example, tidings of great joy, news or information or a surprise, something like that is what tidings means. Okay. All right, so the, I did things a little bit differently for this week, and uh, so all of our prompts are picture-based. So here's how this works. I have I have eight of these, so not everybody has to go every time. You can go only if you can think of a pitch, but basically we're just going to take this image, which is a uh, looks like a little iguana wearing an elf costume, and pitch us somebody, at least one person, pitch us a story based on this image go like right now because i got one yeah if you're ready to go all right go listen, i got one so here's the deal right um depend regardless of what side you're on on this whole climate change global warming debate right there seems to be evidence that 
the ice is receding uh, at the polar caps, right? So I think the problem is uh, St. Nick is starting to run out of uh, places for his usual uh, helpers to be comfortable. You know, reindeer, they need a lot of snow to be comfortable. You know, he's got the little elves. They need, you know, snow and everything. They're, they're a cold-blooded people. Well, he's decided that because of the climate, in addition to the, uh, the tax benefits, that he's moving to Florida, right? And so he's going to set up a summer shop in Florida. And he's recruiting these geckos and these bearded dragons and these lizards to take the place of what the elves used to do. So this is a prototype costume that Mrs. Claus made uh, just to make him comfortable with the idea of having uh, lizards on the payroll. So I think that's what we're looking at right now. Very nice. Thanks, R.A. Does anyone else want to pitch us pitch us a, a story idea based on the costume for Bearded Dragon? I mean, so that was, that was pretty much the story. I don't think there's anything else to yeah. pitch. That was what happened. That, that's true. But I'm going to give an alternative anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to be good, but here we go. Get ready. It's good to set the bar, your expectations low. Um, so what's missing from the Santa Claus story is an antagonist, right? But what we don't actually know and what we will learn today is that there actually is one. We have Santa Claus on the side of right and good, and then his arch enemy, known as his code name is the bearded dragon. And mm. so this guy has been running around ever since the tradition of Santa Claus began trying to undermine the guy. And there are two armies on the good side. You have an army of reindeer on one side and the other side, it's a bunch of these bearded dragons. And as would happen, 2020 is the year. It's kind of like the Armageddon of these two forces. So you've got St. Nick, with Rudolph leading the reindeer on one side, and the other side we've got the bearded dragon with his eponymously named army of, of tiny creatures in their elf costumes. And uh, the reason that I, this story is so terrible is that there's no ending, but I just want to let everybody know to look forward to this tonight because uh, it's going down. And uh, hopefully the the side of right will, and Rudolph will win. You heard it here first, folks. The end times yeah. are here. Hashtag topical. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have something for this. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Nick, do you want to take a stab at the bearded dragon, or we want to move? No, on? no. Like I said, I I think uh, Craig Craig's effort was a uh, was valiant, but um, it wasn't the true story that R.A. gave us. Understood. <laughs> okay, this we'll is see. we'll see in a few hours. <laughs> we'll see who's right. So this <laughs> this is called the Santa pick me up. And it appears to be there's a it's a costume for a person. I didn't do a whole lot of research into these pictures. Okay, I I just it's stuff a stuff costume for a pervert, bro. I don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like two people, but I this think it's only one me. person. I think the point is there's just one person inside the suit. I got gotcha. you. That's my suspicion. Okay, <laughs> okay. but can we? Hmm. Prove that it's only one person because I'm real uncomfortable if we can't prove that there's not a man in that costume right now. You can take your story wherever you want, all right? You. Nick, you want first crack at it since you skipped out on Ron Yeah, Ron? I think you know what this what this tells me is um this is a very well thought out attempt to uh to rob a bank. Um there actually are two people in here. Um you've got a uh 
a little person um, and a normie, and uh, and they are partnered up. In- normie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm not sure what the politically correct way to call a normally um, heightened individual is, but I let the record show. I'm trying as hard as I can um, to to be PC. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Okay, I just want everybody to know that I'm trying to be PC, and that's my story. So, um, if anybody wants to, all right, well done, Nick. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I okay. So, I think um, I think that uh, uh, I think that uh, Nick's definitely on the right track. There's two people in the costume, uh, but I think that they're both uh, little people. And what happens is. Um, in North Carolina, no there's normies. actually something called, yeah, right. There's no normies. Uh, there's actually a place called like Santa Claus Land, and the problem with Santa Claus Land is it's like any uh, normal amusement park. Um, there's like height requirements, you know what I mean? And so, you know, our two little homies want to ride the roller coasters, but you know, they're being in my in my opinion, the it's non ADA compliant, right? Like you have to have a certain height. I think that's illegal. But, you know, I'm the lawyer, so I can't say anything. So what our two little homies do is they uh, they hop in that costume together. They pass the height requirement and then they go in and they ride the roller coasters at Santa Land all day long. So nice. Like two kids inside a trench coat trying to get into an R-rated movie. Standing on each other's exactly. shoulders. <laughs> I probably should have said kids. <laughs> it's too late, R.A. We've already... All the people oh, who are going sorry. to be offended have already stopped watching, so it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> it was a good nine minutes and 59 seconds. <laughs> We're inclusive for a little bit, and then it you know breaks down. Um, <laughs> Craig, you got something for this? I really don't. Like, all the ideas are just so, are minefields. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm going to pass. Like I said, I got, a, I got a bunch of these. So you definitely need to have something for this. This is the quirky butt bottle opener. It is, I don't know what it's made out of, some kind of resin or hard plastic. And it has a bottle opener in the quirky's butt. So you jam the bottle. Oh, dude. All right. I, I got this one. I got this one. <laughs> all right. All right. What is it? So, since, it's a, since it's a special uh, edition uh, of the show, I want to throw in something that the the young McGee girls will recognize. So I don't know if you guys ever have watched it, but there's this really cool show. Um, I think it's on Hulu or Amazon, HBO Max. It's called uh, The Infinity Train, right? So it's it's a kid's show, but it's, you know, it's pretty interesting. You know? And it's about five or six minutes per episode. It's, it's kind of nice. Well, uh, the premise is they go from train car to tra- train car, uh, which are like alternate realities, and they see different things in every train car. And in one of the train cars, there's a uh, a, a city ruled by corgis, all right? And it's called Corginia, okay? And so in Corginia, the king's name is Atticus, right? Well, the thing that that my kids didn't see in the show, because I watched it when they went to bed, was that Atticus has a little bit of a drinking problem, all right? And so what better way for the king of Corginia to pop his brewskis than with a corgi butt uh, a bottle opener. So that's what I think. I think this is a custom made bottle opener for Atticus, the king of Corginia. So very nice. Thanks, Ray. Okay. And let me put the delicious picture back up here on the screen for a little bit. So. 
Nick or Craig, would either one of you like to take a stab at pitching a story based on this picture? No, I would not. Nick like shakes to. his head. <laughs> I Craig's would like very much how... not to. <laughs> <sighs> Craig's thinking about how much trouble he could get in. <laughs> All right, we can move Craig's on. Craig's looking over to see, who, on. see who's watching it. He's, who's live right now? Who's watching this thing? What can I say? <laughs> Craig, if you vote no, I'll, I'll just move on. I just wanted okay, to Okay, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is called the Cocaine Christmas Bear Ornament, and this one has a little bit of story with it. Back in 1995, a black bear found and ate $15 million worth of cocaine in Kentucky. Now, oh, this, yeah. Now, this so-called cocaine bear can be remembered every holiday season. This ornament, true to its name, shows a bear looking very, very high. Merry Christmas? Question mark? Mm, mm. Well... So the uh, the story that I've heard associated with this bear is that the cocaine that the bear found was associated with the type of drug drop-offs that uh, uh, what's the guy's name from Blow? Uh, uh, um, Derek, Derek George Underwood or or something. In any event, <clears throat> that's what I heard that the story of this was was that you know when they they used to fly drugs in, you know, like MK Ultra was like the same type of thing with uh, Tom Cruise or American Ultra, whatever. I'm messing up here. But the so that's what I think this is. I think that this was a, a short little like prop job plane uh, from Mexico into the States. And they used to land in places like Kentucky and Arkansas, uh, you know, because allegedly they, they were paid off by the governments that were in Kentucky and Arkansas, that they could land there. And this was like a they had to dump some uh some product because the fuel was going low and then it just fell on the ground and then the bear got to it so i think that this is like an actual historical event that happened uh in our country's war on drugs so nice thanks ra so craig or nick either one do you like to pitch a story yeah. already <clears throat> unless nick has something ready to go i mean maybe i do maybe i don't when the... oh do you don't you <laughs> 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 what? Yeah, and, <laughs> All right, I'll go. Maybe mine's really good. I'm sure it is. Sure it is. Maybe it'll be even better after I hear your story. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> okay, um, Craig, let's go. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to Nick. My own business. <laughs> Shut up, mom. <laughs> All right. So what actually happened is these guys are trying to move, as Ari was saying, uh, move their product. Um, but they're like, how are we going to do it? We have this huge amount, you know, $50 million worth. You can't just, you know, I can't say that. So <laughs> can't just shove it up somewhere where the sun doesn't shine and sneak, you know, sneak across state lines or anything. This is a lot of product. So what they hear about this, these people who are shooting this movie and it's a winter movie uh, involved in, it's a talking animal movie. So like, you know what they need is it's just, it's not going to be a white Christmas. So they're going to need some snow. So what they do is they go over there and they said, Hey, we'll provide you with all of this, uh, all this fake snow for your movie. Um, if you give us a pass to move through customs, like no problem, whatever they, they give them the paperwork. And so they put their, their white product on there, the white powder and start driving over there. And uh, they leave the van uh, to go grab some lunch. But the movie people see the van sitting here and like, okay, we got it moving on the scene. Let's just save them some work and scatter the stuff all over the place and so we can start shooting. So they do, not realizing it's actually the good stuff, as one might say. And uh, the talking 
animals get into it and eat it all up and chaos ensues. And then the drug dealers come back and like, what happened to the, the snow? Like we already used it, but, uh, Animals ate it all up, so you're going to have to provide us with more. So not only did they not get to sell their product, but they ended up having to buy actual fake snow. So they're out money because, you know, they couldn't, of course, rat themselves out. Nice. I always wondered why films had such high budgets. <laughs> Everybody's high. Okay, <laughs> okay Nick, you that's said you may or may not have something that's amazing. So I'm really ready to find out. <clears throat> I'm ready well, to see that um, come to fruition is what I'm saying. This through is it. similar through it in many ways to the previous stories, but uh, truer in, in many ways. Um, <laughs> we, we've got a situation here. Oh, my God. There uh, we go. Oh, now this feels right. We're, oh, ooh. Craig? No? Okay. Craig, Fine. do the hands. Do the spirit, dude. Man. There. Yeah, yes. Yes. Give him a screenshot, Craig. There it is. Uh, we have a classic question here of, um, of, a, of a bear that's been trained by a drug cartel uh, from Colombia. And this drug cartel is known by many names, but their uh, official name in, in some ways, in some cases, is uh, Oregano's. And uh, the Oregano's gang um, has been sneaking uh, drug, cocaine, specifically into the United States for many years, and they can't quite figure out um, how they're doing it. Well, they found this bear um on accident uh, died and it turned out that it was its stomach was full of cocaine and so they started thinking maybe there's something here and they found this um this whole uh chain of, of bears that had died of mysterious causes and eventually they figured out that uh, it all linked back to this gang that trained these bears to be able to consume cocaine without necessarily eating it so it would just kind of sit in their stomach um, and then they can actually dehydrate it later kill bear dehydrate later retrieve the cocaine and it's in the United States. Um, and so when our hero, um, the climax, finally realizes what's been happening, he realizes that oreganos is just an acronym for Oso Negra, which means black bear. That's <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's, I, I might give that one to Gator Done Burrito on the episode. <laughs> Nick, you've been awarded the Gitter Done Burrito for excellence in <laughs> Christmas fiction improving. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's a quick intermission. Anybody have any breaking news? Anything to promote? Anything important? Yes, I do. A uh, new book is launching on the 27th, I guess it is. Um, but Dirty Secrets is actually kind of available now on a couple of retailers. Uh, so, yeah, it's Serenity Possessed, book number eight in the Shelby Alexander Thriller series. You can get it now or pre-order on sites where it's not actually available, but yeah. Nice. Anybody else? All right. Yep. Let's move along. We only got a couple more of these. All right. 2020 candle that smells like a dumpster fire. <laughs> so it's the 2020 scented candle. It looks like it's got an actual, a, a little plastic or wax dumpster inside the wax so and i'm i wonder what it smells like does anybody want to pitch us a story based on the 2020 candle the can says it smells like garbage <laughs> <clears throat> these pictures I, can, are I, can, I, can go. I got something i can go so <clears throat> i think that what we don't what we don't really understand about 2020 is that it appears to be 
a bunch of loosely connected, you know, tragedies and pandemics and issues that are happening, but it's all being orchestrated by the, uh, the people at the top, right? You know, I hesitate to say the Illuminati because these people are even more secretive than the Illuminati. Like the Illuminati wishes they knew who these people were, right? And so they're doing everything they can to just dumb us down and keep us complacent, keep us locked in our houses. And it's just, you know, and, and it's working, right? But they want to make sure that they kind of put the final nail in the coffin. So what they did was they partnered with a pharmaceutical company, right, to develop and aerate a compound that makes people, if you've seen the Kingsman, you remember there was like a a compound that made everyone like hyper aggressive, you know, this is the opposite. It just makes us completely lethargic idiots, you know? And so they want to put the final nail in the coffin. And so they have put this, uh, this aerated compound into the candle Right. And so everyone thinks it's funny. Ha ha. What a dumpster fire of a year. And they pass these things out as gag gifts. But all they know, uh, what they don't know is all they're doing is further cementing uh, the shadow Illuminati's grip on our collective actions. So don't buy this candle. Don't burn this candle for the love of God. Let's let 2020 go. Okay, man. You know what? I actually I buy that, dude. I buy that because I got a package in the mail a couple of days ago that was had no address on it. I mean, no return address on it, other than the company that produced it. I don't know who sent it to me, but it inside was a wood carved ornament of 2020 that just it was a dumpster fire with 2020 on it. Dude, I be careful. It, it, I have no idea who sent it to me. That's soaked in the compound, dude. That's soaked in the compound. It is. If you hang that's that up, it's gonna, it's gonna leach out into the air, man. You know? It is. It is, man. Yeah, it's everything. It's wooden, it's wooden fumes, these surprisingly delicious smelling wooden fumes everywhere that are, I know are keeping me down. They are, I man. Dude, be careful, man. It. Be careful. You put that in a lead box and bury it somewhere, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or burn I it. Hold my whenever burn I have a Christmas tree now. <laughs> I, that's prudent, man. That's prudent. You gotta be careful, bro. I'm worried about you now, man. I'm gonna check up on you later, bro. Okay, so Please, who yeah, would it, be next? You know, Craig or Nick? Do you want to pitch us, Nick? Does that count as your story, your anecdote? Yeah, that was my story. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that was just an agreement with RA. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, plus one for the for the place dumpster fire of doom. <laughs> All right, fine. So what we actually are here on Earth is we're an experiment by a more intelligent race than us who we can neither see nor communicate with, but they can watch us. And we're just pawns. So last year, 2019, they're like, you know what? They've gotten really advanced. They've conquered everything they need to conquer. They have uh, cured all their diseases. So what else are we going to do? Well, let's play a little games with, you know, races that are less than less than us so they let's go down and mess with these humans for a while and so the contest with these advanced beings was who could make the humans lives more miserable and uh what these little 22 or 20 the little 2020 candles and ornaments and whatnot are are it's like currency so whoever we've been divided up into factions here on earth so whatever faction gets most of these um that being who's over that faction in charge of making them miserable wins so it's just it's 
their tokens. So whatever human faction is more miserable gets most of those, and that advanced being wins this intergalactic contest. So we're just yeah, you know, we're basically Ooh. just on a board game right now. Want to be Amity? Which one's the farmers? Hmm. Divergent. I want to be that one. No. <laughs> That's basically what's the happening. The ones that aren't, aren't involved in Divergent. And apparently, if you haven't noticed by my stories, I'm really dedicated to ruining everybody's Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Humbug. <laughs> right there you go. Okay, here is our next to last image. <laughs> this is ugly Christmas slippers. It's just four play four pairs of slippers, but they actually kind of look like um, clogs. No, not clogs. What do you call them? No back. What's the you word? What am I thinking? Slippers, sliders, Crocs? Kind of like Crocs. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It matters to me, Jake. It matters to me, man. I was with you, bro. Let's figure it out. Before we go on, let's figure it out. Let's let's decide. Let's get this. Let's nail this down. Slip-ons, I guess maybe you call them. Slippers, they, they don't have a heel. No heel on it. This is really important. We should figure it out. No, I'm just not important at all. Heelys. Any- no Heelys. No Heelys. No. We'll call them that. Call them no Heelys. Well, they're not normies. That's for sure. You look, they don't yeah. Heel. No. Okay. No, that's a dog. All right. Well, I got I got one for this. Then. So let me let me let me just get this shenanigan out of my brain here. So <laughs> mm-hmm. what we're de- what we're dealing with right now. I'm sorry, I thought someone was outside my basement. Um, what we're dealing with is a. This is a decidedly darker turn on our stories for the day, okay? And what we're dealing with is a group of sorority sisters. There's four of them, okay? And they've all had various heartbreaks over the last month. Their boyfriend's broken up with them. One of them failed a class in college. One of their parents passed away. And so what they decided to do was they went into uh, the woods. They rented a cabin together in the woods for Christmas time because they thought, who better to hang out with than, you know, our sisters. So this four sorority girls are in this cabin during the winter, uh, during Christmas break. And what they don't know is they are being, uh, the cabin is being haunted by a shape shifting demon. Okay. And so at some point when they first arrived, the demon killed one of the sisters and impersonated her. Okay, but no one knew what happened. And so as they're going through the days, they are uh, noticing weird things happen, uh, you know, because the demon feeds off of their fear. And so, you know, there's weird noises outside, makeup's going missing. And then you start to have like dead birds fall on the floor, on the ground. And, you know, there's just all these things that are putting these girls on edge, you know, weird drifters come by and everything's bad. Well, eventually they figure out that they're being haunted and in a scene that's kind of like the thing, they can't figure out like who, who's the one that's the demon, who's the shapeshifter and they have no hope at all. And so one of them just decides, well, you know, while we're out here and being haunted, I haven't done anything for the gram. So let's take pictures of our slippers. So at least I can do something on Instagram. Well, what you barely notice in that picture was, on the right hand side, on the well, my right hand side, the bottom one has a like a tattoo on their leg, 
right? And none of, the, mm-hmm. none of the sisters had tattoos on their legs. So when she looked at that photo, when she uploaded it to Instagram, she knew who, who the shape-shifting demon really was. And they teamed up together and took the demon out. Merry Christmas. Mm. Saved so, by the Gram is the name of that story. I'm going to bring it full circle here. Um, and this is actually just still a continuation of our race. Uh, and my, I take credit for this idea now, um, Builders Burger <laughs> uh, idea um, of the ornaments being sent out. Now, this company has decided, this group has decided we need to control the media. Uh, we need to control the narrative. Um, I know this is groundbreaking, um, but this actually is what they're doing. Um, and so they're trying to um, figure out how people or when people typically get their news and they've decided still it's when people are home watching TV. So if we can get them complacent while they're watching the news, then we can slip in our own story. Since we already own news networks, we own you know, everything that's being distributed to the, to the people in mass. Um, we just need to make sure we are getting them complacent while they're at home in front of their TVs. And, you know, maybe the Christmas tree, um, you know, not everybody has a Christmas tree that's like right here over their shoulder all the time. Sometimes it's in like a different room of the house, right? I mean, RAs, it brings it with them, you know, in every room, but not everybody does that. Um, <laughs> most people when they're in their living room watching TV, you know, their Christmas tree is nowhere to be found. So the ornament doesn't work and they kill oh, that may be in the kitchen, you know, or the bathroom or whatever. And so they think, you know, what, what are, what are we going to do? to be able to get people complacent in front of the TV. And they decided people watch TV at home and then they're at home, they're wearing slippers because no self-respecting human goes outside, goes to town in their slippers, right? Especially with no heels, especially with no leads on. Um, they just don't, they don't do that. Um, and so they've decided to create their complacent fume um, in a way that is actually um, sweaty feet act. So, um, that's what we've got here is whenever people wear the slippers for a few minutes, it starts to get, you know, a little bit of funk going on. And that funk kind of generates the, 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 the heat activated, um, complacency scent that begins wafting throughout the room, hitting in everybody's nostrils and cause them to be complacent so they can broadcast whatever news they want down. Uh, mm. to the people. Yeah. The funky brainwash. Sinister, mm. man. That's mm. terrible. Okay. Craig, do you have a pitch for this or you want to move on to the last one? I have one, I think. Okay. All right. So let's put ourselves back Christmas Eve, 1980, in a palatial home of the Giacomo brothers. I I wasn't here, man. I'm sorry. Well, just pretend. I I remember you being there. You may not remember it, but I, mean, I had a little to drink. You were having a good time. Yeah. I was there. You're right. No, actually, the, the the only people who were there were the Giacomo brothers <clears throat> and and their extended family. And uh, normally, Christmas Eve is a joyous time; family gets together. But unfortunately, the patriarch of this mafia family, the Giacomo family, was on his deathbed, and so the the four brothers are gathered around this bed, saying goodbye to their father, and he's like. Gives each, gives each of them a, a card. He says, boys, Christmas Eve 2020, yeah. open the card. You have to be together at the cabin. And so, of course, all right, Dad, we'll, we'll do it. Whatever you want. You're on your deathbed. They don't really plan to go. <laughs> they don't really plan to, to follow through on it. They just want to make the old man happy. He dies at midnight. And it's Christmas Day, and they have their little festivities, whatever, on, under a pall, of course, and they go on their way. 
And over the following 40 years, they uh, have gone in their endeavors. The family's kind of broken apart a little bit. Um, the people have been cracking down on the mob, so they've gone off and started their own factions. But they find themselves at odds with a, a rising family. Like the only way we're going to beat this rival family is if we put aside our differences that we've been living with these decades and come together. What better place to do it than to follow dad's final wish and to gather at the cabin. So Christmas Eve 2020, they're at the cabin and they're each wearing a pair of traditional Italian slippers and uh, they put them on and they open the card and they're standing around in a kind of a, um, a kind of a circle open the card and they all in the each card can envelope contains a card that says one of you has betrayed the family so they all draw their guns and what mm. you can't see is that they're all standing there in a standoff each buddy each everyone has pointed a gun at the person around them <laughs> and the question is which one of you is the traitor and if you look down at the <laughs> Is on the bottom right of this picture, you'll see one of the people has a tattoo. <laughs> and it happens to be the emblem of the rival family. So obviously that person was 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 the traitor after all. But that's what's happening. It's a, a decades-long secret has been revealed in the lonely cabin up in the mountains, the four Jackal brothers. Oof. Chilling. Thanks, Craig. And here is our final image this is just called log pillow <laughs> mm. nope ari's ari's audi no i'll do it but I, I you got the delay button ready <laughs> what am i gonna need this <laughs> the <parental library>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. I'll go. I, I don't. I, I got. I, uh, okay. So, hey, that's my brother. <laughs> hey, brother. How you doing, man? All right. So, um, <clears throat> I think that what we have here is a. <clears throat> you guys are aware that the Amish have a tradition uh, called Rumspringa, right? Where uh, when they turn eighteen, they go out into the world for a few weeks, a few months, or whatever, and. You know, if 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 they're enticed by the world and they want to stay, they're allowed to. And if not, they go back. Uh, you know, they go back to the, the the town that they live in, the Amish land, and and you know, stay with the faith. Well, uh, what you guys don't know is that that tradition of Rumspringa is a very old, very old tradition, and it actually comes from fairies. It comes from woodland nymphs in. Uh, in Europe, right? In the Bavarian Alps, okay? Which is where kind of the Amish people kind of came from, you know, Germany and stuff like that. Well, these woodland nymphs, they, when they turn uh, 200, because they age differently than we do, they're allowed out into the world uh, to experience the world of man. And if they like the world of man, uh, they stay. And if they don't, they, they go back to the, the, the nymph town. Well, uh, our heroine, who's the girl in the picture, is one such woodland nymph, and she left when she was 200, and she uh, was kind of not really sure that she wanted to stay in the human land, uh, but 
she met a nice man, right? He was a, uh, a, a clock maker, okay? He made uh, cuckoo clocks, right? And he was very artistic and all the clocks were very orna ornate, you know, engineered marvelously. And uh, they fell in love. And so she decided that she wanted to stay in the world of man. Uh, but the problem is, <clears throat> is that she's been having a restless sleep. You know, she came clean to her clockmaker husband of uh, the woodworker. And uh, she said, you know, I, I love it. We, I love it being here. I love being with you. But I just can't sleep the same as I could in my wooded home uh, in the land of the nymphs as I am a woodland nymph. And so he made her a special pillow uh, that looks like wood and has little chips and, and, and cedar bark and stuff inside. And so she uses that pillow every night and she can sleep well and uh, stay here with the husband that she loves very much. So that's what we have here. Very nice. Thank you, R.A. Okay, Craig or Nick. <clears throat> He's 200 years old, huh? <laughs> Maybe I do like older women. Okay, uh, moving on. So... Yeah. Is it my turn? <laughs> yeah, I think so, Greg. I think okay. it's your turn. I think you need to explain yourself. All right. Uh, so let me focus again here. Um, <laughs> so what is happening here? Is it you know a lot of commercials we've seen, like various <laughs> various pillows being marked, like the My Sleep Pillow and the Memory Foam. Everybody's trying to get the greatest pillows so they can get a good night's sleep. Well, this is called the Tidings Pillow, and. Uh, what happens is that there's a, a tiny radio inside, but it's using a new technology where it, it imparts the information subconsciously. You can't actually hear it, uh, but it, when you're, if you're sleeping on it, like as you're asleep, it feeds information into your brain. And so the company that's selling these pillows is trying to disseminate various subversive information, try to give themselves an edge, not only in the marketplace, but political power and whatnot, so they can ultimately rule the world. So what they're doing is like, you know, giving away these pillows, these tidying pillows for free. And you go to sleep at night and as you're sleeping, it gives you information. You wake up and slowly over time, you begin to adopt various beliefs that you know, a few years ago you would have scoffed at. But soon uh, this whole army of people who are out evangelizing these various points of view um, gathers and uh, yeah, for the, at the polls, they get, gain, gain power that way. And it all appears legitimate because they're not forcing anybody to vote. It's all happening supposedly organically. But the secret is that they're all being persuaded in their sleep by the tidings pillow. Wow, there's a lot of Christmas brainwashing going on in today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, why don't you bring us home? This is the last pitch of the day. Coca-Cola created Christmas. <laughs> what? Subliminal <laughs> advertising? Um, I could really go for a Diet Coke right now. Is anybody else thirsty? Strangest thing. So, you know, here's what I... You guys missed how this all kind of came to be. What we really got here, the situation a long, long time ago, we had this lady. She had the, um, the what's it called? The, the restless leg syndrome, you know, right? She tries to go to bed and all of a sudden legs going crazy and she can't stop, right? So her husband... Um, and he goes, what you need is a, is a leg pillow. And so she's like, well, that, yeah, but that doesn't exist. I and mean, this is, this is way back when, before people had ridiculous luxuries, like multiple clothes for different types of your, you know, parts of your body. Right. So there was no such thing as a leg pillow. Well, you know, she decided she's going to being the housewife, stay at home. She hadn't worked in a while. She wanted to get back in it. She's like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to make, I'm going to make leg pillows a thing. 
And so she got a bunch of her, uh, her girlfriends and, uh, and they, they pulled some of their money together and they, they did the whole thing, man. They, they went and found a manufacturer in China um, that could make leg pillows for them and help with, they, apparently they all had let breast leg syndrome as well. Um, and so they, uh, they, they, they got to, they got their, um, am I cutting out? Is that me? A little bit. Am I cutting a little out bit, a little yeah. bit? A little bit? Okay. Sorry. I, I don't know what my internet's doing. My bad. Um, so they, uh, they, they, they China or they get to their, their, their developer to produce their leg pillows. And of course, you know, that the manufacturer, um, looks at, you know, he's Chinese, he looks at it, doesn't speak English, and he go, runs it through his translator and comes back, and finally what he ends up with is, we want a log pillow. Uh, and so he's, he's you know, wow, that's, that's a weird thing to want, you know, but I guess, I guess I'll make a log pillow. Um, and so we end up with this thing called a log pillow, and it just looks like a log and, and all that. But the twist comes when um, our secret Bildersburg group is actually um, owning, they're, they're the owners of the, uh, the Chinese manufacturer, and they decide, that they're going to put in um, this scent inside the pillow that when you lay your head down at night, it squishes out the scent and it begins to make you look more complacent and everything. And uh, their ultimate plan is uh, in 2020, they're going to um, culminate all their little, you know, um, their, their stinky feet slipper scent, their dumpster fire Christmas tree on scent, their candle scent, and their uh, law pillow scent. And they're going to, uh, combine their forces and, and make everybody complacent. And that's what happened. It all started with the housewife who wanted a leg pillow for her restless leg syndrome. It all started so innocently. Thanks, Nick Backer. And I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Down below, you're going to see it says visit storyonthespot.live. And that's where you can go to get books from all the everybody who's here offers a free book on their website. So if you want to go read some free stuff, go to storyinthespot.live and then you'll see all our pictures near the top. You can click on a picture, go to an individual author's website. You can subscribe to the show um, via podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. You can watch us on Facebook. There are many, many ways you can ingest Story on the Spot and we want you to ingest all of them. And we want to wish you Merry Christmas. And you guys want to say anything, say your goodbyes? Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, and we will see you uh, next year. Yeah, no, no, we'll see you maybe, maybe on uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> Bye, guys. We don't know. We'll see ya. <laughs> see ya, everybody.